You're listening to Prefect Talk, a podcast by the Penrith Perception, where we drive discussions about the cogs and gears running the longest-serving selective high school in New South Wales. In today's insight into the minds of professionals at the top of their field, your co-hosts, Ithka and Amon, are going to be talking to some professionals in the STEM world. That's an acronym for Science, Technology, Engineering and Maths, for those who are not so acronym-inclined. We are increasingly told that the 21st century requires us to learn skills for a STEM-based job market, but what could those jobs look like and what do they entail? Civil engineering, cybersecurity, statisticians, app developers, robocops? Today we speak to professionals in different STEM roles and uncover how they got there and what the future holds for STEM. Our first guest is Zubaydah Al-Rubai, a mathematics teacher at Penrith High School and an advocate for renewable energy through Sydney Alliance's Voices for Power initiative and lover of STEM. Welcome, Ms. Al-Rubai. Ooh, you couldn't say that with a straight face, could you? I really couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're a math teacher. That's, yes, correct. Very correct. You're a pretty good math teacher. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You don't have to say that. I can't give you any extra marks for saying that. <laughs> I try my best. Okay, so, like, why did you pursue a career in your field of study? So, there's two parts to it. The maths bit and the teacher bit. The maths and, by extension of that, the science and STEM bit came from because I just come from a ma- family of STEM. So, my mom's a civil engineer and she's been working in the field for like 10 years um, back in Iraq. And my dad was an accountant. My brother's a structural civil engineer. And I'm just, a, a, just fell into that cookie cutter of, all right, well, I need to do some maths, I guess. And coincidentally, I'm pretty good at it. So, uh, it just made sense that maths and STEM would be the field to pursue. Um, and then. The passion for teaching comes from the idea that, well, not everyone likes maths, not everyone likes STEM. And why is that? Well, it's usually around teachers. Um, If you ask anyone, especially adults, hey, why do you hate maths? Oh, well, I had a really bad teacher. So to try and change that perception, I just need to do one classroom at a time, one student at a time, you know, just hopefully change the idea that maths doesn't, it's not that bad if you get it actually makes sense hey it's pretty cool i can vouch for that i've had a lot of fulfilling lessons (laughs) (laughs) and yeah you're pretty good at year 10 math from what i see thank you year 10 math is my specialty yeah i can tell (laughs) (laughs) so um so were you worried that you wouldn't end up excelling in your field because there is a bit of a gender bias um a bit so initially when i started my degree at the university of sydney um i had to do maths units, physics units, and some other science units. And just looking at the way that, like the composition of the students that did those subjects, um, most of them were male, and they were very competitive because of the nature of the university. So I was worried that, oh, okay, maybe I might fall through the cracks, or I can't keep up, or I just might fail altogether. But um, with my parents and their support, um, I wasn't too worried because they pushed me a lot, and they made sure that look, you're not competing against anyone but yourself and you are your own worst enemy. If you do fail, it would be because you just stopped trying. And that's true. If you stop trying, well, of course you're going to fail. So just kept pushing, kept trying and found out that, you know what? I'm not as bad as I thought I was. Wow, that was was pretty good, miss. (laughs) Wow, you just answered our next question as well. So... The next question was, how did you overcome misogyny and hardship in your field? But I think that was a pretty good answer for both. 
Thank you. So we'll move on to, do you think there is enough being done to address the systemic inequalities faced by women in STEM? Um, kind of, but not really. So there's a lot of um, band-aid solutions like, hey, if you're a woman and you're trying to pursue STEM, here's some bonus points. Um, or like just putting some posters around certain areas in the university to just kind of make it look fun and inviting. But that doesn't really address it. It is something that has to happen win from within. But with the changing culture and just time, people are much more accepting and don't tend to see gender as a hindrance or a barrier for um, being in your field. So for example, my brother and his structural engineering company, there's a lot of women that do work with him and there's never been a point where, oh, that's a woman in the job. Okay, that's a bit weird. Or like there's never, it's never been pointed out or outed as there are women in our office. It's just, here's another engineer. There's another engineer and there's a third engineer and it doesn't matter what their gender is. Do they do a good job? So professionalism has um, stepped up to where it doesn't matter what your gender is. Can you do a good job? And yeah, start s the tide is slowly shifting and it's going to get there, I think. You do think that um, STEM has become more welcoming to women? I think with our outside of STEM, the culture around gender in the workplace has started to take a shift, especially with a lot of movements that are s centered around women and feminism. Um, that has helped make STEM a more accessible field for women. And yes, I do believe that. So um, is that what you think is causing this progression? Well, I think, yeah, I think it starts from the roots, which is education. So from a young age, what are we taught about the differences in gender? Is it a distinct feature where women are good at English, men are good at math, or you try and foster a field where both of them can excel just as well mm. as the other. And from that from that um, education, then you get people going to the university, going to the work field where they understand that, again, it's not about gender. It's about, can you do a good job? Are you good in your field? Do you understand the concept? And then that's how it's slowly starting to change. Kind of, to put it bluntly, waiting for the old dinosaurs to just leave um, from those <laughs> fields. And that's it. It's just the newer generation, the younger generation understands that you know, hey, gender discrimination is whack. Um, so as you mentioned earlier, you are an advocate for renewable energy through the Sydney Alliance's Voices of Power. So what would you say is being done in terms of sustainability with a lot of media coverage on environmental concerns in the recent years? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um, what's being done? Well, it depends on what level you're looking at. So what the Voices of Power campaign does, it looks at grassroots action, but it also does look at um, different level actions that can be taken at different levels. So it's a coalition of different groups of various backgrounds and religious and um, socioeconomic, uh, you know, backgrounds. And what they do is they come in and then, okay, let's work on a specific issue. So, for example, in the northwest region, we're looking at can we try and implement solar gardens in the western region? So we look at here's a power analysis. Who do we try and target? Wh who's the the members of parliament that would be on our side and then that's what we do. So it is very grassroots, but at the same time, it is trying to tackle the issue from um, a bottom-up approach, but not just an individual, but as a whole collective in a group because you are there's power in numbers. But at the same time, from a top-down level, there isn't much that is being done. And unfortunately, there are some things that kind of are out of our hands with 
lobbyists and big groups and you know big coal uh, companies but at the same time i think the shifting uh the, the shifting vision around what needs to be done in terms of climate action is helping us realize well this is not sustainable we can't just rely solely on gas or coal or um the mining industry to get us to where we need to in terms of energy the globe is starting to shift and if you're falling behind well then you need to pick it up in terms of what you're doing as a country so i think at some point it is organically going to start to shift we have to otherwise we just won't survive it's not sustainable at all but on a grassroots uh, bottom-up approach there is a lot that we can do and that can be done yeah 100 percent. so it's really good miss wow (laughs) so insightful so you were interested in stem at a young age right so what would you recommend to someone who's interested in pursuing stem so like what can they do at the school level yeah, because going to a selective high school, there's a lot of people. I know Aman <laughs> here <laughs> is pretty interested in STEM, would you say? She is. It's okay. <laughs> you don't have to be shy about it. Um, <laughs> so that, that's a very good incentive to be, you know, trying to pursue STEM. Yeah, I believe uh, in you. <laughs> you I believe, believe in, in you. you. Yeah. So in terms of what can be done at a school level, look, just do what you keep doing. I think the thing is this field of STEM is so wide and big. Like you can do anything in STEM and almost any sort of degree these days can be considered a STEM. Um, The umbrella term (laughs) for STEM is just so large. But at the same time, it's just firstly recognizing where your passions lie and why your passions lie in that field. Are you just good at it? Is it just fun? Uh, Can you see this as a career? Because career means, hey, you're going to do this for the rest of your life. Can you see yourself teaching maths for the rest of your life? To answer that, yes, I can. Um, or can you see yourself being an engineer or where, wherever, whatever field you want to go into? And then the next bits is there's a lot of clubs and things that you can do on the side that help you um, recognize your passions and your interests in the, those specific fields. So our school is super rich in extracurricular and clubs. So, yeah, join a club and talk to like-minded people that are very like, hey, we all want to be structural civil engineers in the future. <laughs> which there probably is at this school. And then probably <laughs> there is a probably a big backing around that. <laughs> and then finally, just making sure that you talk to your teachers as well, because we are adults. And despite the fact that you might think we don't know what we're talking about, we do know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Um, so just talk to your teachers. And if there is something that you see, you know what, I want to take the next steps. What are the best next steps that I want to take? whether you're a class teacher or the careers advisor or, you know, the deputies and exec like level, we are here to help you reach those goals. That is basically our job. So yes, we want you to reach whatever it is, wherever it is in STEM that you want to get to. Or if it's not in STEM, that's totally okay. And we need to also make sure to mention that that kind of environment, like a selective school, we foster both STEM and non-STEM careers. Yeah, I agree. You we get you, so <laughs> convinced. You sound so convinced. No, so we STEM, are, we yeah? Really, we believe <laughs> you. We believe you. Yeah. We really do. No, um, I love STEM. Good. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to try and pursue some like something in STEM? Don't you want to be a corporate lawyer? lawyer? <laughs> Ooh. I mean... Is that STEM? Do you want to look at... Maybe think about, oh, the statistics and probably being a corporate lawyer, you have to crunch some numbers. Yeah, statistics a bit of STEM. is more like standard math. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember my sister telling me, because she went to like Latin girls, right? Oh, yeah. And she was like, I thought advanced math was easier than standard because standard questions were all financial and they were too long to read. <laughs> you know what? That is pretty true. Standard yeah. math's questions are very wordy, uh, real life applications, which is why. <laughs> wordy and hard to read. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, rea- in real life, this is probably the math that you'd actually need to do. Yeah. 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 Corporate law. That's <laughs> fun. That sounds ethical. Um. Yeah. Because everybody <laughs> supports me. <laughs> um, off the record. Yes, I do support you. Oh, thank you. What do you want to do, Aman? Um, I'm trying to keep my options open. I don't really know. Yeah. That's kinda, okay it kind of well. changes. Yeah. You, it's still early. I mean, and there's a lot of pressure around, hey, pick your passions. Now, at the age of 15, where you're still trying to figure out yeah. who you are as a person, yeah, maybe it's a bit too early. Just have a go and see how you go. Yeah. You've got a lot of time ahead of you. Thanks for coming in, Miss. So no that um, about wraps up our STEM discussion today. So now that you finally have the motor skills to apply your future in STEM. Oh, <laughs> we've got math problems <laughs> here. Look at these jokes. jokes. I don't know. <laughs> for the record, we did not write the jokes. Yeah, we, di- we did not write the jokes. Um, but hopefully the topics discussed in this episode have inspired and motivated you in some way or another. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll catch you next in the next episode of the Penrith Reception. Yay! Ooh, thanks, girls. Yeah. Thanks, Miss. Thank you, Miss. Thank you so much for listening to this episode from the Penrith Perception, a podcast made by the Penrith Selective High School Prefects and Multimedia Leaders. To support us and be notified when new episodes are released, feel free to follow us on Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram at the Penrith Perception for more news and to provide feedback for our future segments. The Penrith Perception is mixed and edited by Geethika Eranulithil and Iman Faisal. Executive produced by Su Jong Yu, Carl Serrato, and Dimity Skadanis. Produced by Alina Arago, Jahin Kandoka, Aditya Kumar, Jamima Rumi Jiffrey, Elizabeth Santoso, Sinduja Suresh Kumar, and Zach Wan. Graphic design by Sofia Gonzalez and Jesse Panajaja. And music by Dr. Saxlove.